This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains 96.9. My name is Chris and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who's an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every meeting. Hello, my name is Trevor, and I'm alcoholic. AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Thanks, Trevor. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer from cancer. If you are an alcoholic... You are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, The alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. 
This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains 96.9 FM. And we're just about to interview an AA member who is going to share his experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Trevor, would you like to introduce yourself and give us a quick sketch of who you are? Yeah, hello everyone out there. Uh, my name is Trevor and I'm a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, so I was brought up in the country, uh, went to a country, small country primary school and a reasonably sized uh, high school of about um, 1,200 to 1,500 pupils. Um, I played a reasonable amount of sport. Um, I wasn't an all-black, but I always had that feeling with inside me that I would love to be one. Um, and uh, growing up on a country farm, I was reasonably strong, did a lot of manual work, so I could sort of handle myself okay around, around any sort of sport. I had a good upbringing. Both my parents were in my life. Um, I was the youngest of four um, in, the, in our family, and yeah, we were provided for well. So, are you are you married? Have you got a family? So today, yes, I am actually uh, a single person. I am divorced from my ex-wife, the mother of my children, uh, who are adult children now. And so, a little bit about your drinking story. When did you start? How did it progress? Okay, so the first time I would have actually had drinks of alcohol would have been around the family at things like Christmas time and weddings, functions like that. The one thing I did like, I did love the effect of it. There was something that actually happened to me around Christmas time. I loved having the wine. The wine went, whoa, in my head. And I actually quite liked that feeling, but I didn't have a desire to keep going back and getting it. Mm-hmm. So did you drink socially or alone or binge or daily? No, I didn't uh, really drink very much. It wasn't until I got into my teens, early teens, um, we would go back to a friend's home and we'd have a few beers after a game of rugby, early to mid-teens. Sometimes I'd drink a bit too much, feel a bit crooked, would scare me off for a while. Okay. And did you ever feel it was a problem? Did you ever try to stop? No, I didn't in my, my teens. I didn't drink. Um, excessively other than I've already just mentioned but I did notice a number of my friends drink way too much and I could identify they had a problem (laughs) So what made you realise you needed help? What really happened in my life was um, it wasn't until I got into my 30s and uh, and I was faced with a big issue that my, my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer and I had no acceptance for life on life's, life's terms, I started then, from the age of 31, 32, self-medicating on alcohol. And have you ever lost a job or a relationship with family and friends through drinking? I would have um, strained relationships, yes. Um, without having an ex-girlfriend say, I left you because of your drinking, looking at it now, that was highly likely. <laughs> Behaviours around my drinking whilst I was drinking or after I was drinking, it changed my behaviours. Any trouble with the law? 
drink driving or otherwise? Yes, I did. And that's that. That's a very um, obvious reason why I was powerless over alcohol because I'd never been in front of the courts at 37 years old, but I had four drink driving charges within five years. It was glaringly obvious that my life was unmanageable. Mm. So can you describe how you felt, how your decline in mental, emotional, spiritual well-being and your rock bottom? Yeah, well, my rock bottom was I had gone from a, it was embarrassment, absolute um, pity, because I had blown through a whole lot of money. Um, I had a, had a business at the start of my drinking um, abuse, and then I just stopped going and doing that because I had a whole lot of money in the bank, and um, I burnt through a lot. And went from like a five-bedroom home to a, a tent. It's certainly a decline, isn't it? So how did you find your way to your first AA meeting and what was it like? Well, after spending um, about six months in emergency accommodation after leaving him Morton Hospital, um, because I was a broken, sick man, uh, I then went to the Salvation Army Men's Supported Accommodation and that wasn't good. I wanted this new house back again. But in reality, that is not how it works. And I believe from that time on, I surrendered. I got introduced to some recovery. And then I was introduced to my first AA meeting, which uh, I was said, if you know, if you go to this meeting, you may never need to feel like taking a drink again. And that's what actually happened. And I was entertained at that meeting. I smiled, I hadn't smiled or laughed for nine months. Um, I hadn't drunk for nine months. But I hadn't done much else either apart from just couch potato out and vegetate and nothing else was happening in my life. So you felt welcomed at your first meeting? Absolutely. And how have you managed to stay sober? Can you describe that process for us? Well, for a start, I had to surrender. So my way of doing things did not work. That was glaringly obvious. I needed to fight. And because I hadn't drunk, I do believe my mind had dried out. And I was willing, absolutely, and I needed to be willing to take on what I heard. So I had to learn to listen. And by going to a number of meetings and not talking myself and listening to others, I actually learned. So to stay sober, I need to keep myself busy. I was at supported accommodation. Every day I went to a meeting for a few years. Mm. And how have you coped with difficulties? How have I coped with them? Um, I actually, I had an instance that came up with my sponsor and I could have thrown my toys. But I thought, hang on, that's what Trev used to do in the past. So I've, what I've learned is old behaviours, I've got to leave them behind. And what have I learned in the AA programme is to discuss things. And then we found out when we discussed things openly and honestly with each other, it wasn't such a big deal. And um, what about service? How important has service been as part of your recovery? Well, it's helped get me sober for sure. Because, um, and that has shown out in, uh, in the promises. 
Doing service it means, for a start, me not drinking and staying sober and being a good member of AA, what we hope to do. So I was given show and hope. By maintaining myself being sober, I was trusted servant to be doing service. Then it led to me being in a position, once upon a time, being a drunk dad, drunk brother-in-law. I recently was able to sit with my ex-brother-in-law, two, two of them, and my ex-mother-in-law in their lounge to help one of them, which is still a suffering alcoholic today. Yeah. So that's how it helps us all, right? Yeah. So how would you describe yourself and your life, the life you have today? The one thing I can say is that even before I become an alcoholic daily drinker, within myself today I am more at peace even before I became a, a daily drinker. It was always something inside me that it wasn't as peaceful as what it can be. So, yeah, I, I just don't get rattled about things. They don't manifest in my mind. Then they actually have to. They did in the past, but they don't have to. Yeah. And how's your life changed since becoming sober? Like career, living situation, home? I could... Yeah, I could give you a, lot, a number of things, but we haven't got that much time. So what I'd like to talk about is one real big important shift. Now, because of AA and because of, because of me being responsible and doing the right thing and looking after my side of the street, we talk about, I have one of my adult children has started at university at the beginning of this year. Now, I travel down there with her, in her car, and her, her mum went down also in another car because my daughter was taking lots of stuff, and and that's okay. Some of it came back again. And then we all stayed together. This is someone that I'm divorced from, the mother, so the three of us stayed as parents together and were supportive. We talked about a lot of things, things that needed to be chatted about, covered ground, I didn't organise that. My daughter organised us for it all to stay at the same place. God bless her. Uh, then she moved into her hall of residence and left mum and dad to it for the next two nights. And it all worked out fine. It was the way that it actually needed to be. We celebrated my daughter's 18th birthday, went out to a restaurant together. It was fine. Mum and dad travelled all the way back to Christchurch again. It was fine. It was good. It was a God job, really. It, I could have been picky and say, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go back like that. But it worked out the way that it's always supposed to. So that's obviously talking about your relationship with your family and loved ones. What about with friends and what's changed in sobriety for you? Well, a lot of the, the friends that I did have weren't actually friends, when it, if I talk about the bit in my drinking, they were just people that happened to be where I was and that was mostly around drinking. Uh, I did have friends who were in the police and uh, until, you know, some of them were ex-clients in the past and uh, they ended up dealing with me, whereas I have bumped into those ex, those policemen out in the community and they've walked across the room to shake my hand and they can see they don't want to see a wreckage. They want to see a success story. And 
um, that is what I feel I'm heading towards. That's great. What are your goals for the future? First one, my primary purpose is to stay sober. That, I am even thinking about it. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Thankfully, for Alcoholics Anonymous, that's embedded in my mind. To maintain the relationships that I have, to work on them continuously every day, work with them, be carry on being the father that I am today, uh, responsible. Just for today. I'm not aiming too far ahead, just to be a good citizen. Good for you. Sounds great. So, AA is described as a spiritual program. What does spirituality mean to you? Well, what it really does mean deep down with deep down within me is uh, I love to be around special things, and it's a de- feeling w- right deep down in my soul, not in my head, right in my soul. So. The things that get me out of my chair is love. And I look for the love in anybody. Or if it's people that I could do with liking a bit more, <laughs> uh, let's start there. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a big change because there was someone I just disliked. I just disliked them. But it's a spiritual program and I look now for the good in someone. They may be okay at this instead of just judging Easy to do, isn't it? Yeah. And for you, how does spirituality differ from religion? Well, I think like if it was religion, I'd sit down and just listen to it. But for me, spirituality, I'm actually living it. I've lived the change. I'm living the changes. Uh, yeah, I could I could switch off to religion, but spirituality changes me on the inside. Right. And what does a life lived on a spiritual basis look like? What's it look like to me? Well, I've got to be kind, caring and loving. I've already said do not judge or try and judge less. My sponsor would always say to me, you, you know, you're going to always do certain things, but we'll just try and do them less for a start. <laughs> and in there's spiritual growth. There's always going to be spiritual growth. So... Uh, yeah, that, that's how it looks for me. I've just, once again, I've just got to try and do kind things. Just be kind. Yes, it's kind of obvious, isn't it, when we, <laughs> when we get there? So what would you suggest for any listeners that, you, that think they may have a drinking problem? What advice would you give someone who's given you when drinking became a problem? What do you wish someone had given you? And what questions would you ask someone to help them decide whether they need help? Well, I'd have to say um, they would usually disclose to me. I'd say, "Have you got any problem? What sort of problems have you got in your life? Like, have you are you having problems with relationships? Are you having problems with getting caught by the police for doing things? And is is have you used alcohol around that same time? Does it come in to the equation? Even if you sat down and just drew a wee bit of a, a comic strip and drew the story, where did it start? Your problem start from? Where did it end? Did alcohol play into it? And if it does, well, obviously there's a problem there, and alcohol's involved. And if you want to change it, perhaps you come along to a meeting, listen, <laughs> and find out these other people have similar experiences. So that's a great answer. Thanks, Trevor. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us.
Yep, welcome. Yeah, thank you very much for asking me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Trevor. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experience. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We'll now close the show with the serenity prayers we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains 96.9.